Ladies and gentlemen, good morning and welcome back to 80s Wrestling, the podcast. My name is Jumpin' Jay, and as always, I'm joined by Tommy Prime Tom Fierro. Good morning, Tommy. How are you doing? Good morning, Jumpin' Jay. How are you doing today? And I heard it's uh, snowing pretty bad there where you're at right now. Yes, I am in the uh, winter wonderland of Minnesota. We are in a severe winter storm warning. We got about four to five inches yesterday. They're projecting up to nine more today. My boys, snow day yesterday from school, snow day today. And so we are, we are living in the white stuff, Tommy. How's, how's the weather in New Jersey? Well, actually, we're on that jumping jay where the store is, actually. We are scheduled to get snow later this afternoon, I think after around 2 o'clock or so. Uh, I think this was like three to five inches. Now, I, I live a half hour away. Uh, there's no, it's going to be rain down there. And it's where, where the store is, is up on the mountain. So it's like five degrees cooler up here than where I live at. So where I live at, it's going to be uh, rain. Up here at the store, it's going to be snow. So uh, the wrestling collector most likely will probably be closing uh, early today. Yeah, that, that weather comes. And when it rains like that, if the temperatures dip, that's when the road gets icy. And then it's dangerous to be out. So it's good. It's better to be home safe and sound than, you know trying to squeeze out the last couple of dollars from the store. <laughs> squeeze out the last couple. Hey, brother, I need to squeeze out every dollar I could possibly get with Christmas right around uh, the corner. But, yes, I am I'm planning on leaving early today. I'm going to keep uh, looking outside the old window here and see what the, the weather brings. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I wouldn't mind sitting at home because we had a really busy weekend. Uh, last weekend we had uh, three events in a row, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Friday night was ISPW Christmas Chaos 2. Saturday was an extreme signing at the Wrestling Collector. If you go to the Wrestling Collector Facebook or Instagram page, I posted pictures from that so you can see me with uh, the ECW guys. And then Sunday was our uh, Christmas party for ISW. A bunch of fans came. It was really cool. We had snow on Sunday, so uh, it prevented several of the wrestlers to be there because they're coming from all different areas um, and certain areas where they're at were snowing more than it was in New Jersey, but it is winter brother. So it is what it is, but yeah, it was a busy weekend and a newsworthy weekend coming out of ISPW. Well, I'm all ears. You know, I asked you right before the show started to fill me in and we said, ah, you know what? Save it for the show. We'll, we'll cover it there. And so I'm all ears, man. When you say it was a big news weekend for ISPW, late on me, what events took place? Well, the, the top baby face of the company is the ISPW heavyweight champion, Bull James. He turned heel uh, this past Friday night. It actually was a double turn. The main event was a dog collar match with Bull James defending the title against former champion Justin Carino with Maven in his corner. Well, the match started. Maven got involved a couple times. Uh, Bull ran to the back, came back out with Danny Morrison, which got a great reaction from the crowd. So Danny was in Bull's corner against um, Carino with Maven in his corner. Uh, End of the match comes. uh, Bull takes a chair and levels Danny Morrison with it. Uh, Carino celebrating, thinking that, you know, they're all in on it together. Uh, Maven won a low-blowing Carino, leading to Bull 
winning the match and Maven jumping ship to Bull James. Now, it's an interesting pairing because here you have a former WWE Tough Enough champion managing the ISW Heavyweight Champion. He was a former NXT star. So there's some star power on top uh, now in ISW, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see where this leads. Our next show is going to be uh, January the 20th, Winter Warfare in West Milford, New Jersey. The main event for that one, Jay, is going to be a double title match, and it's going to be a mixed tag double title match. It's going to be Bull James uh, teaming with Tina San Antonio, managed by Maven, against the Samoan Storm Alpha Jr. and Vicious Vicky. Now, what's interesting about this match is that all four of these competitors are in the last match musical. It's like the last match musical match come to life with both the ISPW heavyweight title and the women's title both on the line in this match, this mixed tag match. And then the other big match coming out of uh, uh, being announced for January 20th show will be the Red Hot King of Rock, Rick Recon, going one-on-one with former WWE star Enzo Amore. So it's going to be an interesting show for ISW coming up. But, yeah, big news out of this weekend. Both James and Maven are now together. What a duo those guys have. I, I can't imagine the kind of run they're going to go on as the top now heels in your company. Bull James is a big, bad man. And so getting the strap off him is not going to be an easy task. And then you pair him with Maven, who's got that WWE experience. That's quite the pairing, Tommy. Yeah, man. Now, I, 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 I don't know if you have an opportunity to, but we actually posted uh, a, a video right after the turn on our ISPW social media page. Uh, you can see those guys outside the building minutes after they did their turn, and uh, they explained it. Do you, do you have a chance to uh, be able to pull that up real quick so our listeners can listen to the audio on that? Uh, it's in the process of, of uploading right now, and so as soon as it's ready, I'll shoot you a text, Tommy, and we'll definitely listen to that. Oh, it just popped up. It's ready. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah let's listen to it. This is moments to... after uh, Bull James and Maven turn. Here we go. Danny Morrison, one year in the making. One whole year I waited. I bided my time. And you didn't see it coming at all. The time is now. I took a trip into New York City to be with my financial advisor, Maven. Taught me a couple things. So let me tell you, Danny Morrison, my stock just went up. Maven's stock just went up. Tommy Fierro, our prices just went through the roof. So the next time you can afford us, Bring your champion back. Get ready and pay up. And ISPW, this team is going straight to the moon. Tell them, Danny Morrison, I don't blame any man for being kissed on the lips by ambition. But what I do in my daily life, what I do in the city, is find winners. I don't truck with losers. I don't even want to be around someone who's not going straight to the top. And if there's one thing, and I mean one thing, I have seen in my last year, there's only one man going to the top. It's not Justin Carino. Danny, it sure as hell ain't you. You can't stay off the couch. You can't stay out of the tub. And as you know, you cannot make the club in the tub. Bull James, this is a, this is a deal. This is a relationship one year in the making. Look out there. Look at that skyline. Oh, what oh, do you oh, say oh, we oh, hit the city tonight? Oh, oh, oh. Hey, do it right. 
drinks on me. Hey, I like the sound Let's of that. Let's do this. <laughs> Danny. <laughs> what a promo. Listen, there were some, some one-liners in there that, that definitely got my attention. Kissed on the lips by ambition, and you can't oh, yeah. make it to the club in the tub. <laughs> Listen, dude, those, are some, <laughs> those are some classic one-liners in that promo, dude. Oh, that yeah. is, that's interesting wrestling right there. I love it. Let me tell you, let me tell you something. Maven is on top of his game right now. He should be, no joke, a, a top heel manager in WWE or AEW. He's that good. So definitely keep checking out our social media pages. It's ISPW Wrestling on all social media platforms, ISPW Wrestling. And we'll be posting some more stuff with Maven and Bull James and the other superstars of ISPW. But, yeah, man, we're, we're here to talk about primetime wrestling today. Uh, what a staple in my childhood, what a staple in your childhood. Something we really haven't talked about that much here on the podcast over the last couple of years. And, and I think that it definitely needed to have its own episode. There's so many classic memories and moments from that show. One of the first things that come to my mind uh, when I hear primetime wrestling, uh, and I'm sure they did it on, on Wrestling Challenge and Super Wrestling also, but I, I specifically remember it on uh, primetime wrestling when the airplane was flying through the sky, right, Jay? See the superstars of the World Wrestling Federation on tour this Thursday, Columbus, Ohio, the Jones and the Islanders. And then they would do that, like, I remember that specifically on primetime wrestling. Uh, and, and, a, and a real cool thing about primetime wrestling, Jay, and I'll let you take over because I'm sure we're going to talk about it a lot, was, you know, back then there was house shows every night. I mean, there's 350 shows a year. And what they would do is when they went to select markets, whether it be Boston Gardens or you know, Chicago or MSG, you know, they would tape these house shows and they would show some of these matches exclusively on primetime wrestling where, you know, on Superstars and Wrestling Challenge, you know, it was mostly, for the most part, it was name guys against enhancement talent, whereas on primetime wrestling, you would see two guys going at it. You would see Hercules going one-on-one with Billy Jack Haynes on there, or you would see more competitive matches. Uh, and you would even see enhancement guys against them. Like, you would see, like, Lanny Poffo against Mike Sharp. But the majority of the stuff was house show related on primetime wrestling, which made it really cool. You're absolutely right, Tommy. Uh, essentially, what primetime wrestling was was a clip show that would take matches from different other shows and put them in here, but you're right. The house shows, the stuff you couldn't see anywhere else would show up on primetime wrestling, which made it for fans must see, because like you said, you're seeing matchups between two guys that normally you'd have to wait for a pay-per-view to see two uh, big name guys go at it. But at house shows, it happened all the time. And so this was a way that we could kind of get a glimpse of that. We are going to get this conversation kicked off by taking some calls right now, Tommy. If you're listening, if you remember primetime wrestling, and if you've been kissed on the lips by ambition, give us a call. Number is 516-595-8295. We're going to kick off the conversation by babyface Brian. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Jumpin' Jay and primetime Tommy. Primetime Tommy. I like that, brother. I like that. Yeah, they, they, a little more alliteration. Jump and Jay had the uh, the nickname, but you know, instead of Tommy Primetime, Primetime Tommy. There we go. But uh, uh, much better. This topic, 
man, this topic, a lot of uh, nostalgia. It's just you can think about, you know, for for us, we had uh, a living room and a family room. So every Monday night, you know, as long as there wasn't uh, tennis or a dog show screwing things up, uh, the folks would be downstairs watching something. My my parents would be, and I'd be up uh, up in the the living room watching prime time, either with my brother or by myself for for two you know glorious hours of uh, like you said some uh, house show action, either from Philadelphia or Boston or 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 uh, Los Angeles or Madison Square Garden or from one of the the tapings of Superstars or Challenge, and uh, you know as a kid I was always like hurry up, you know, at least the beginning, I wanted Bobby and Gorilla to hurry up so I could see the matches. And when I watch it now, it's like uh, I'm looking forward to Bobby and Gorilla and their banter more than anything. Sometimes I'd even like to just have a show where they, they just went straight to every Bobby Gorilla clip because they're so damn entertaining. But uh, uh, the other thing you learn when you're watching it is, it's you, you know, if you've been to events like Tommy, it's probably as many events as you went to, um, it wasn't out of the ordinary when you're watching prime time, but when you started out first watching it, um, you, like you said, these squash matches where they'd go two minutes at tops and, and be pushing angles. And then you you watch prime time and they'll have a 15 minute match between iron Mike Sharp and Paul Roma, where they'll grab a headlock and sit on there for 45 seconds and and uh and the, they're taking their time they're filling an actual two to two and a half hour house show so there's there's plenty of time for them to to do a story and and really uh work a match so it's just a a different type of wrestling that you got to see and uh and you you know you, it was just such a different flavor and then they had the highlights from from superstars or challenge and usually you'd get the the main event match at the end between uh, two, you know, name guys, and you might have one or two matches during the show that you get to see with that as well. So it was just a, it, it's just the nostalgic stillions of, of sitting, popping yourself in front of that TV for two hours of uh, entertainment that just takes you back to being a kid. And I guess you guys have those same feelings. Hundred percent, we do, and I and I appreciate the fact that you said when you were a kid, you didn't really dig the Bobby Heenan Gorilla Monsoon segments as much as the actual wrestling. And I was the exact same way as a kid. You want to see the action inside the ring, but now if you go to YouTube and you watch old clips of primetime wrestling, like you said, Brian, it's it's gold to see Gorilla and Bobby play off each other and the way they react. And I think one of the reasons that show was as successful and sticks with us is because of that chemistry that those two guys had. I mean, you could tell they thoroughly enjoyed being on that program together. And I think that's what makes the magic, at least from a nostalgia standpoint, when you look back is yes, it was a clip show, but it was an entertaining clip show. Uh, Absolutely. Also real quick, Brian, let me just make mention real quick too, is like, you're right. It was a clip show and, 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 the banter between Gorilla and Bobby Heenan were absolutely hysterical. You go back and watch that stuff, some of the best stuff, and like the, the banana phone that, you know, Bobby Heenan had. And, you know, they also did angles off of here, too. It was a good platform to do angles because you remember, like, just on the top of my head, I'm thinking of when, you know, the Brooklyn Brawler came out and attacked the Red Rooster uh, on, on, on the set with Bobby Heenan. 
Uh, so, I mean, they, they use that as a platform to, to get angles and guys over as well. Now, listen, for me, my favorite part of primetime wrestling was, you know, Bobby Heenan and Grill Monson. I'm sure it was for you too, Babyface Brian, in those house show matches. But you know what? Uh, you, do you know what Jumpin' Jay's favorite part of primetime wrestling was, Brian? It's all the Bolsheviks matches? <laughs> no, 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 no. Way, way better than that, brother. Way better than that. Uh, Jumpin' Jay's favorite part of primetime wrestling and while, why he goes back to this day and watches it on YouTube every week, it wasn't because of Bobby Heenan, and it wasn't because of Gorilla Monsoon, because of the Rosati sisters. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I was waiting to see where you were going with that, Tommy. Yeah, you remember the, the, the short-lived... Who can forget, uh, who can forget the Rosati the sisters? The short-lived uh, Bobby Heenan yeah, then the short-lived uh, time where they uh, let Bobby have the Bobby Heenan show for a half an hour, and and they just went ahead and did it, and then it turned out that USA Network was pissed off about it and uh, not happy with that last half-hour format of uh, Jameson and whatnot. So that was yeah, uh, and then, and then they, and then they wound up they wound up in 1991. Well. In the 1991, they wound up switching it over to more of a uh, like a talk show you know, a talk show segment. And that's when they started doing all the, you know, the really funny stuff. Um, during that time frame, I, I remember also, like, we could probably do another episode on this too, uh, Jay, is I used to love WWF TNT, Tuesday Night Titans, how they had the mm. sit-down interviews where, you know, Vince McMahon behind the desk and have people sitting on the couch and they did a lot of angles and stuff like that way. Like, I think they tried to re- recreate that some way, somehow, with primetime wrestling in the early 90s. I love that format. And that's when they added, it was more of like a roundtable uh, uh, discussion at that point. And I know they brought in a lot of other guys to be the host of it, whether, you know, whether it had been, I remember Hacksaw Jim Duggan was a part of it, Mr. Perfect was a part of it. You know, there was various other right. hosts, Sergeant Slaughter at one point. But I, I think that Roddy at Piper. the end, Roddy Piper, they were trying to, I think, recreate TNT. Do you guys feel that way as well? They they definitely got more in the silliness of it. TNT had so much so much uh, crazy variety show silliness to it. So, but yes, yeah, especially went to the studio audience. It was a little more like that when uh, I, Vince got involved. I would say both programs show Vince McMahon's willingness to kind of think outside the box and give access to his his company and his his showcase in different ways. I think I think uh, Vince probably got into a position where he promised X number of hours of television. And while people tune in for wrestling for wrestling, it's good to mix it up and, and follow different formats. And so I think it's just a testament to Vince's creative mind and, and seeing what he can come up with, ways he can entertain his crowd, showcase his performers, and really draw people in. And so I think both programs were a, a stroke of genius on his part. Yeah, and I love when they went to uh, on location, like the Western episode or the episode where they were uh, on the boat uh, mm-hmm. with Bobby and, and Gorilla. So these, these times when they got to be away from the studio, that stuff was uh, very memorable as well. As well. And, and again, that'd be something where you'd be waiting for some of these lesser, you know, lesser matches that you didn't care about as much. You'd be waiting for that, you know, 
two minutes before commercial, two minutes after commercial, uh, to to see what was going to happen next with Bobby and Gorilla, and you know Bobby getting his face in a in a uh, smashed in a cake when Gorilla, Gorilla goes to answer the phone, or or you know Bobby getting blown up on the set of the Western, you know that kind of stuff. And a lot of that stuff would also end up in the WWF magazine. They'd be taking pictures because I, I, in one of the magazines I have down in my basement, I believe it has photos from that Western scene when they were doing that kind of stuff. And so just the fact that they were able to take a program and kind of cross market it, kind of what people do today, you know, they'll put a clip on Instagram, they'll put something on uh, TikTok and Facebook and YouTube and WWE was kind of ahead of the curve. They were kind of making a show, but they would use it in their different formats and they'd get a long run. Uh, out of what they were doing and so again i think it's just good creative television by the wwf definitely and and who would each of you guys watch prime time with were you each on your own or did you have uh, siblings or or parents or anybody that would sit down and watch it with you every week or that's a great question i grew up in a house with uh two older brothers and a younger sister i am the the most into professional wrestling but every once in a while if i had it on my brothers would sit down uh, and then we usually sing in the basement, of course. That's where it leads for, for boys growing up. But, yeah, I'd watch it with my brothers or I'd watch it alone. Tommy, how about you? Was was Superfly Jimmy Snook uh, on the couch watching primetime with little Tommy Fierro? <laughs> no, no, not not that early. Uh, he was at my house for WrestleMania, though, as I mentioned in the past. Uh, he was at my house for WrestleMania 10. Uh, he watched it. But this was a, obviously a few years prior to that. I wasn't involved in the business yet. So, yeah, I was just, you know. I was still a kid, and then in 91, 92, I was starting to become almost around being a teenager. So, yeah, I, I mean, I pretty much just watched it myself. Um, I'm sure my mom might have watched it with me from time to time, but, yeah, I was the only wrestling fan in my house. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I loved I, – you know, I'm going to probably – as soon as this podcast is over today, I'm going to turn on my TV here at the shop and put on old primetime wrestling. I don't know. Are they on the WWE Network? I don't. I don't think so. I know for sure that they're on YouTube. No, they they are. But the problem is, is they start right where Bobby uh, comes in, so they don't they don't put the uh, episodes before Bobby with uh, Jesse Ventura, and uh, I forget the guy's name, Jack or something that was on with uh, before Gorilla came on and replaced him. So when uh, when Jesse Ventura, I believe he went to go film. Uh, predator or something and that's when bobby replaced him and then it was it worked so well they uh they went ahead and just ran with uh bobby and gorilla as the host so if you go to the network it's pretty awesome they do have um most of the primetime wrestling uh starting in 86 i believe it is uh at least for a couple years of it so you can have a lot of fun throwing an episode of that on uh, and just letting them run all day if you felt like it at the shop um you just don't i'd love it if someday they'd release the stuff with jesse but i'm guessing they just don't want to pay him royalties or something so they don't show the the beginning episodes and i want to say 85 where jesse's on there so yeah that'll be that'll be a cool thing to to let rip on the at the shop if you feel like like you're in the mood to watch some prime time all the time i am man i'm gonna i'm gonna put on an episode today i I, i'm curious to see the 85 stuff with jesse so maybe i can go on uh on YouTube and check that out. But yeah, man, we appreciate you calling as always. And, uh, that you have a great weekend in California, the baby face of the show. And we will talk to you next week, my man. Definitely. And, uh, go Vikings and giants. And I'm hoping the, uh, 49ers can clinch the playoffs tonight. We'll see what happens.
There we go. I like that. Good luck, brother. Thank you, sir. Take care. Take care. Talk to you guys. Well, there we go, Tommy. The first calls in the books, prime time wrestling. Uh, you know, Brian was talking about it being on Peacock, on the network. And uh, this is not a conversation about the network, but here's what I think would be a fun idea, Tommy. I would love if you could just scroll by year. Let's say you pick 1985, and they would play every episode that they have from 1985 in chronological order. So you could kind of watch the year from beginning to end with primetime wrestling, with the pay-per-views in there, uh, with any other you know episodic show, Saturday night main event, whatever they had. I'd love to be able to watch it in chronological order. Because uh, if you're trying to follow a storyline now, you kind of got to jump around and figure it out yourself. But it'd be cool to be able to watch a year in chronological order on the network. Now, let me ask you, before we go to the next caller, without looking at Wikipedia or Google, can you tell me why January 4th, 1993, once again, that's January 4th, 1993, was the last episode of Primetime Wrestling? If, if, without looking it up, why did that show come to an end in 1993? I, I'm going to yeah. take a wild the final guess. Episode, the, yeah. Okay. 1993 is the year that Monday Night Raw premiered. And so... Correct. Is, it, is that so why the that they stopped ep- doing primetime? Not only the, is it the reason why, but... The last episode was on January 4th, 1993. The following Monday was the debut of Monday Night Raw. So <laughs> think about that for a second, guys. We want to talk about history. Primetime wrestling was the, the, the lead way uh, into the future of Monday Night Raw. That was the time slot on Monday night. It was primetime wrestling. So there, there you go for your, your history buffs out there. That is, that's interesting. I did not realize that that's the reason, but uh, you're probably absolutely right that they couldn't do both, obviously, and so they switched gears to Monday Night Raw, and look what that did to the wrestling industry. Kicked off another boom period, uh, to say the least. We're going to keep this conversation rolling. We're going to check in to our good friend from Butler, New Jersey, Danny. Good morning, Danny. Welcome to Prime Time 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Tommy, jumping Jay, always a pleasure. Um... You think about uh, you know, like you you hit them all. You hit all the the topics, Tommy. You know, obviously I had that the, the bring up the fact that you know you had all the house show uh, action that you know you were that you weren't able to catch. Obviously, if you didn't make it to like the Garden or the Spectrum or you know Bo- you know Boston Garden, you know throughout you know throughout uh, you know the you know the states. You know, obviously my you know my my memories of prime time, you know, I, I got to remember, you know, when WrestleMania four, when they were on site at, uh, Atlantic city, you know, you know, you know, you know, Bobby, you know, you know, riding the little, the jet knees and, uh, Mr. Fuji having some type of race on the boardwalk. Um, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're hanging out in the casinos and all that, you know, that was, a, you know, one great, uh, memory, you know, obviously come, you know, when, uh, you know, uh, Rick Rick Rude and uh, Roddy Piper started their feud uh, before SummerSlam '89. Uh, you know, obviously the one probably the biggest one was when Ric Flair debuted with the with the with the WCW title and on hand. That uh, that was on uh, I believe that was on Primetime Wrestling. And then uh, 
the last one that I can remember is uh, before Survivor Series 92 when uh, Macho Man uh, announced that Perfect was going to be his uh, partner after the Warrior uh, ended up uh, jumping ship. And, they, you know, they, they took on Ric Flair and uh, Razor Ramon. I, I, I know at that time, uh, Perfect, you know, hadn't wrestled for like a year and a half, you know, due to his bad back. So, the, you know, those are like all my memories, you know, like I said, you know, as the years went on, you know, it became more of a round table. You know, you had, uh, you know, different superstars that will, you know, fill the panel. But like I said, it was just the chemistry between Bobby Heaton and uh, Gorilla that uh, always uh, drew you in, uh, you know, on a weekly basis. You're absolutely right, Danny. When you were talking about Ric Flair showing up with the quote-unquote real world championship that did happen on primetime wrestling, I think, in 1991, and that's when Vince uh, was one of the hosts. And I remember not only that angle, but I remember that's where they had, after Earthquake uh, did his finishing move on Jake the Snake's Damien. That's where he served Quake Burgers, too, I believe, on primetime wrestling. And so it was just this (laughs) awesome venue for doing these over-the-top things that help feed into storylines that if you watch that, it just made you that more interested in the product. Hey, you, you know that me and, uh, me, and, me, and, me and Danny from Butler, we were having Quake Burgers yesterday. He was at the Wrestling Collector with uh, his two sons. <laughs> you guys didn't have Quake Burgers. Brother, we had Quake Burgers. Hello, well, Danny. <laughs> well, as far as the Quake Burgers, I guess the closest you're going to get is uh, – you know my uh, my my oldest uh, playing the WrestleFest and uh, being Earthquake on uh, on the arcade game, so he got a, a taste <laughs> of a, a game that I have I hadn't played in uh, you know probably definitely over thirty years. So it, it definitely brought back uh, some uh, you know memories and nostalgia of you know many 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 dollars and quarters spent uh, on that game. Uh, like I said, it was a, definitely a a walk down memory lane. Uh, you know when I walk into the store. And I saw that video game uh, in, for the very first time. That was, you know, that was awesome. All right, let me ask you this, Danny. Our kids today live in a world where video games are over the top, realistic, and graphics are absolutely insane. What did your kids think about WrestleFest when they when they were able to play it? Did did they enjoy it? Did they think it was uh, too old school looking? What what was their thoughts and feelings of it? I don't think Lucas knew what he was doing, uh, but uh, I think, you know, he definitely, I think he enjoyed the whole concept of it because, like, uh, to this, you know, to this day I haven't introduced him to video games yet. I'm trying to delay that as much as Smart possible, man. even though I know it's, it's going to be coming soon. But, like I said, he hasn't really been, you know, exposed to, like, the PlayStations or the Xbox. He still, uh, you know, has, you know, his expectations are very uh you know, they're very humble at to this point. So I don't know what's going to happen the next couple of years, but, you know, like as, as far as, as, as much as I could delay it even better, if he enjoys the WrestleFest, which is, I think he looked like he did, you know, I, like I said, um, I, it's, it's just, it was awesome. Like I said, I, I didn't get to play it because I had to, you know, keep track of the little one, not, a, <laughs> you know, walking over everything on the store, in the store. But like I said, it's a, I, I definitely think Lucas enjoyed it. Uh, dude, you bring such a smile to my face, man, because I'm a dad myself, and so I know exactly what you mean. When you're in dad mode, like you are not enjoying, uh, you're not 
it, actively enjoying anything. You're just on high alert all the time about what are my kids doing? What are they touching? What are they knocking down? Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. That's funny. Yeah, but uh, like you guys, I'm going to let uh, – I know we're halfway through the show, so I'm going to let uh, some other people talk. Tommy Jumper J, always a pleasure. You guys have, have a great weekend, and I uh, look forward to speaking to you guys next week. All right, thank you, you so too, much, brother. Man. Thank you so much, man. So what is the you break it, you bought it policy at the Wrestling Collector? Listen, we got we got to talk about something else real quick <laughs> before I answer that question. Right. Are, you, are you doubting that I can I, I I don't sell quake burgers here at the Wrestling Collector, brother? I'll sell I'll sell a, a jumping J burger. Whatever <laughs> I got to do to get a couple extra dollars in the door here, you know. Listen, if if you started advertising and actively selling quake burgers at your store. You would have to hire security because the line would be wrapped around the block, <laughs> my friend. Could you imagine being able to come in, get a Quake burger, and play WrestleFest? Like, dude, that's that's. I, I think I, I think what I think would be better is you come in and play WrestleFest, uh, WrestleFest, and have a WWF ice cream bar while you're playing it. The original you, ones, not the ones that are out in the supermarkets now. Listen, I'm talking about the real deal. If you could pull that off. That, that right there is a true million-dollar idea. Because you could just make hamburgers and call them Quake Burgers, of course. But if you could actually get real deal, old-school ice cream back, listen, man, that's, that's yeah, that'd be something else. Hey, listen, listen, Jay, real quickly, though. So I might not be able to have Quake Burgers at the Wrestling Collector because I don't have a, a food license to, to do that here. However, many times the ISPW shows – we are control of the snack bar. So I will tell you that, and I believe we're, uh, in, in, we're, we are in charge of the snack bar on our January 20th show. I'm going to look into some way, somehow, get some Quake Burgers there for January 20th ISW show. I, I love the fact that you insinuate that Earthquake was worried about having a food license when he was serving Quake Burgers. But I get it. you got to follow the city ordinances. But, yeah, if you could get Quake Burgers at your, your SPW show, I'd be interested to know how many of them sell. I think I think true wrestling fans would 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 be giddy at the idea, and they'd buy one just for the fact that they can say they bought a Quake Burger. I'll have more information on this next week for you. Well, stay tuned. All right, we're going to keep this conversation rolling in the direction of prime time wrestling, where Quake Burgers made their debut. Of course, we're going to take the conversation all the way to Totowa and check in with Totowa Tom. Good morning, sir. Jumping Jim. From now on, you are five-star caller, Totowa Tom. Now, this name was given to me by Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer, so you know what he says is the word. So it's five-star, Jumping Jim, five-star caller, Totowa Tom. I'm looking for my cricket sound effects button. It seems to be lost in the mix here. <laughs> What's up, Tom? We're talking primetime wrestling. And I know that you probably go back to the, the first episode. What, what was your take on primetime wrestling back then, Soto with Tom? I agree with you. When I used to see them do matches from the Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto, Canada, I thought, you know, it was special. And I'm like, you know, where else am I going to ever see, you know, Angela Mosca or, you know, any, anybody else from the WWF uh, wrestling in Canada? And as if you recall, the uh, – the president or the commissioner at the time was Jack Tunney. He resided out of uh, Toronto back then. But 
Um, favorite memories is when Bobby Heenan put the performance of a lifetime with Mr. Perfect, when he pleaded Mr. Perfect to stay with him and stay with him. Oh, yeah. um, it was just, it was gold. It, it was pure gold. Uh, the moments that I recall mostly on primetime wrestling are Bobby Heenan. Yes, he was with Gorilla, and they were a great tandem together. And the, the vignettes they did were remarkable and entertaining. But Bobby, you know, I, there's a friend of mine, my a coworker that I work with, who I showed the video of Bobby Heenan showing up at primetime wrestling with the Ric Flair World Championship belt. He loves watching that with me. We laugh. It's so hysterical. He's like walking through the control room. He's knocking, pe- he's knocking in the people, you know, that are working, and he's saying, do you know who's coming here today? It's the real world heavyweight champion, Ric Flair. He was just gold. And, uh, you know, he had his own show, as beautiful uh, Bobby said earlier, and it didn't work out. But I, I just – I'm a big Bobby the Brain Heenan fan. And as far as your question before, Tommy, about the last show being January 4th, I remember watching that show. Man was in the studio, and they were removing items from the studio. They were, they were lifting up the couches. They were taking away the, uh, you know, the desk, and Vince was like, you know, in his blue suit saying, you know, the reason why we're renovating this place is because starting next week, you know, we're going to be at the Manhattan Center for Monday Night Raw. And it's just like, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, but, you know, that was historical you know, watching that, because now I think Raw is the longest-running scripted or, yeah, scripted TV show in the history of television. And it's not, you know, seasonal. It's 52 weeks Mm -hmm. a year for 30 years now. Uh, One other character that nobody mentioned. Actually, I think maybe somebody did mention. I think Danny from Butler mentioned Jameson. I did like when they brought Jameson into primetime wrestling as well. And this is also uh, a shout-out to Mike Moraldo, who has a wrestling uh, podcast on YouTube called Wrestling Then and Now. He actually had Jameson on a week or two ago. And um, I never never knew how Jameson got involved with the WWF, and I don't know what he's doing today. And it's just one of those great, you know, interviews that you can catch up with the forgotten soul, you know, from the 80s. And, And, Tommy, you actually... Uh, bumped into a forgotten soul a couple of weekends ago down in Tom's River. I don't know if you want to mention that or not. I thought it was tremendous. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I, I don't. I don't believe I. I posted a picture. I, it was on my personal Facebook page today. Actually, I will post a picture of this on my '80s wrestling social media. Now, and, and I'm really happy you brought that up just now, Tom. Was uh, Vladimir the super fan and Charlie? They're Two were front and center almost at every single MSG show and pay-per-view during that time frame, uh, Jump and Jay. I, uh, I, I got to see them for the first time in a really long time. Uh, good, I'm happy you brought that up, uh, Tom. I'm going to post a picture of that today on the 80s wrestling social media. I'm sure that'll get over really good. So if you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post that picture later today. Uh, hopefully, maybe he can even be a future topic on this podcast. Have him call in. Maybe we can get him in too. Yeah, I know, I know him very well. So uh, yeah, that's a great idea, man. And uh, real, real quick before you go, now you, you said that um, Bobby Heenan was pretty much your favorite part of that show. What was your take, Tom, back when they like, it was in nineteen ninety one ish, I believe, where they started adding 
more people to make it like a round table. And they, they rotated the guests. It was Jim Duggan, Slick, Perfect, Jerry Lawler, Hibbley Jim, Sergeant Slaughter. Did you like that concept with the round table? It seemed a little too much um, action going on, and it was always like Hillbilly Jim and Duggan teaming up against Perfect and Heenan. I, I really liked the Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby Heenan uh, format a lot better. Me too. Um, but before I get off, all right, I have a lot to say about uh, this past weekend, okay? So just give me a second to put you over, all right? Um, Friday, tremendous show at the Total of PAL. I saw Mike Moraldo, otherwise known as Ace Darling, be inducted into the ISPW Hall of Fame. It was a tremendous piece. I, I mean, I don't, Tommy, I don't know him like you do, okay? I know he's your best friend. But what a great guy he, he seems to be, you know? And, you know, I, I just know him outside of the ring. I don't know him as the wrestler. But he's a great guy. And I thought that a piece that you guys put together with him and with his family giving him the uh, props at the end. It was, it was special, and I liked how it started off the evening's fest. And then the other thing I want to mention is Bull James and Danny Morrison. That is the feud of the year in ISPW, and I am so happy that it has come back because if you remember earlier on in the year, it, that's, you know, Danny turning on Bull. You know what I'm saying? We never had a resolution to that. The storyline's kind of went off, you know, in different directions. And then finally, last Friday night, collision course. You know what I'm saying? It, it, but now it, it kind of reminds me of this, if you guys know what I'm saying. It reminds me of Paul Orndorff and Rowdy Rowdy Piper. If you remember, there was a time when Orndorff was the face and Piper was the heel. But then later on, Orndorff became the heel and Piper was the face. And that's what we're getting right now with James and Morrison. I love when professional wrestling can do like that. You know, the double switches. You know, it's fantastic. Uh, Austin and Hart, same thing. Um, yeah. There's also an incident that happened at the PAL I want to mention where the ladder match, Jumping Jim, have you ever seen a ladder match before where the, where the wrestlers were fighting the uh, belt broke from the ceiling, from the rafters? Never even heard of such a thing happening, Tim. Well, it, it happened Friday night. So um, it was, it was uh, by the way, Tommy, the bill's coming. It's being mailed to you. But um, anyway... Um, the, they went to a, a different finish, okay, and um, obviously because once the belt is on, the, you know, is in the ring, you have to, uh, you know, sort of like call it in the ring. So great finish. Michael Mars is still the, stri- the tri-state champion of ISPW, and as Tommy mentioned, Bull James is the ISPW heavyweight champion. And then Saturday, I had a great time meeting with all the wrestlers uh, from ECW. Um, Tommy was able to get Mikey Whipwreck there. He makes not many appearances. He was there, um, and I got a chance to talk with him and talk to him about, like, you know, his family and pretty much life after wrestling. So these events that Tommy runs out of the store, you know, it's not just you go to a store and just, you know, get your picture taken or you sign an autograph. You have a chance to talk to these guys, you know, and actually, you know, learn a little bit about them. And, And I think that's really where it's at. You know, they're just not, you know, figures that you know we're getting a picture with they're human beings and you know you need to get to know them sometimes on a more personal level and i appreciate that and same thing with sunday jumping jim i'm surprised you didn't win any awards yourself i mean for sure i thought you would have been nominated for something but anyway it was a good time um and you know i happy holidays to everybody and there is an idea that i have just from listening to today's show what if you two guys 
did a primetime wrestling show and maybe did it, like, at nighttime. Like, uh, you know how they have all these podcasts nowadays at night? You know, you can, like, there's, like, Zoom calls where you can actually see the person's face. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, just do, like, an hour, you know, show, maybe just recapping what happened in the world of professional wrestling. Or, I mean, I'll let you guys think about it, but if you want to bring something like that back, you know, that, 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 that could work. That could work. I know your schedules are busy, but it, but it could work. Yeah, definitely good, man. Definitely good. Hey, listen, I love all your feedback, by the way, Tom. I really appreciate it. I, lo- I love getting that firsthand uh, perspective from someone that was at my event, especially what you just said about the wrestling collector, about, you know, being able to talk to them and stuff like that. Yeah, like, my, my, at the store, it's real laid back. Uh, it ain't like you have to get your picture and you get kicked out of here. I, I'm all for you guys hanging out and, and shopping around and playing, you know, video games and BSing with each other. So, yeah, man, I, I really appreciate that firsthand feedback of, uh, of, a, of a signing here at the Wrestling Collector. And I loved your feedback of ISW as well. Just, uh, I just wanted to thank you for all your support this year, Tom. All kidding aside, I know that barging him the show, kidding around storyline-wise. But uh, you, you've supported almost every event I've run in 2022 and always to the podcast every week. And I thank you, my friend, seriously. And Merry Christmas to you and your, your wife. I hope you guys have a great holiday. I appreciate that, and that's why I'm the five-star caller. <laughs> you sure are, brother. Have a good day, man. You too. Always an interesting caller. I love Totowa Tom, and in all seriousness, one of the highlights of my trip out to see you in New Jersey was getting to hang out with him for a little bit that day. Uh, he's got a great mind for wrestling, and he's a creative guy, uh, and I love that he that he calls in what what I would describe as kind of a character. I mean, uh, he's kind of got his own thing rolling there, but I love every minute of it. He could, he could, he could be our Jameson. He, listen, he, he could be a entertaining commentator slash manager in the world of professional wrestling. I think he could be, maybe we'll get him a part. Maybe we'll get him a part of your live show at 80s wrestling con. Uh, Listen, I think that would be incredible. I'd love to work uh, with him right now. What's that? If you don't forget to, if you don't forget to do it this year, listen, man, I was busy. I was walking around, shaking <laughs> hands, kissing babies. I was a busy man. Well, busy we're man. going to make sure it happens this year. All right, <laughs> but what we're going to make sure happens right now is that this conversation keeps on rolling down the track, and there's only one man who can do it, and it's Joe from Hotlanta. Good morning, Joe. Morning, guys. I'm, I might have What's it wrong, but I've heard a lot of. Bobby the Brain mentioned re- regarding primetime. But I, in my YouTubing, I also think that Rowdy Piper was quite a character in on the primetime show. Would you guys concur that? 100%. Oh, or am I wrong? No, you're right on yeah. the money. And, yeah, because yeah. I'm just trying, I'm honestly just trying to gauge, because there was Saturday night's main event, there was some Sunday morning show, so I'm just trying to gauge which one it was. But in my YouTubing, yeah, I think... I think, first of all, let's cover the format. It's like, it was more like a talk show. It was, I'm going to be real funny here. It was more like a women's talk show, something that you'd watch, like The View. And then they would cut to a match. So, yeah, it was good stuff. And, yeah, Rowdy Piper's role was great because I'm sitting in a chair right now. And, yeah, he would just kind of sit back in his recliner Mm -hmm. and, like, you know, be argue very argumentative with who was out 
on the other side of the screen because I think they would keep like Gorilla in a different uh, studio. So yeah, the format was, <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things that uh, you can still watch today. Also, I'll say this, it kind of reminds me of Trailer Park Boys. And what I mean by that is like, I can put Trailer Park Boys on my TV on Netflix and just let it run. And I don't have to actually sit and watch it, but if I'm, walking around I can like catch it for a little bit and that's exactly what that primetime format was like like you can just as one of your other callers said like Tommy put that on your TV today all day and you could just walk around your shop and then just be like oh what's Bobby the Brain complaining about now <laughs> absolutely oh, yeah. man. Uh, absolutely what's your what's your if you have to pick one uh Joe if you have to pick one moment or memory from primetime wrestling that stands out to you the most. What would that one moment be for you? Uh, I'm I'm gonna stick with the Rowdy Piper uh, thing. I, I and it's not. I can't. I gotta be upfront. I don't really really remember watching that in my young days. I, I really just. It's more recent that I'm revisiting mm-hmm. it, and uh, I could go with Bobby the Brain or Rowdy Piper, um, and I'm going to say it for just sitting there with his hot rod shirt on. Um, and uh, I hope I'm right, but, yeah, he was, like, arguing with, like, uh, Bobby the Brain. And, and one of these, yeah, they just both get real heated, and it's really unexplainable. But, um, yeah, I'll say that. And, in fact, it's one of those things you can't really say. Do you have a memory of like uh, of an actual match, wrestling match? No, I don't. <laughs> it's more highlights the, All the the great creative juices of uh, um, I don't know the WWF's best and just uh, talking things out. <laughs> so yeah, sure, man. Hey, listen, we we appreciate you calling in as always, and uh, if we don't get to speak to you next week on the show, hope you and your family have a a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, my brother. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, um, and we got we got to end it like we're arguing with each other. Oh yeah, why don't I come over to your studio right now and tell you what I gotta do? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll I'll argue with you back. Get this fucking it. guy off the air right now. Come on, cut him off. <laughs> Later, brother. <laughs> you guys are awesome. <laughs> Have a good one, man. <laughs> You know, and I and I got to believe the magic of of primetime wrestling was you don't really hand those guys a script. I think you just it's a tape show. It's not live, so you just kind of let them be them, and then you edit up the best stuff. And so I think when you have Rowdy Piper, when you have uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan, I think you just let you turn them loose, right? You let them rib off each other and just vibe and just go, and you see where it goes. Then you edit together a show. I mean, I'm assuming that's how it was made. Right? Yeah. I mean, and, and, yeah. And what, and, yeah, I, I would say so. And then one thing I want to also bring up, Jay, that we didn't mention about primetime wrestling, which I thought was pretty cool, was, like, they would always kind of, like, cater to, like, whatever holiday uh, was yes. going on at that time, too, on the show. So, like, if it was, like, Halloween time, you'd have, you know, uh, I remember specifically, I think Bobby Heenan was dressed up as a genius and, and – uh, and, and Girl Monsoon was dressed up with someone at Christmas time. Bobby Heenan was Santa Claus with with, uh, with Piper. Like, so they, they, they did all that stuff, too. So, I mean, it was, it was so damn entertaining. And I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to putting it on in the shop today and watching it. And then they also did 
uh, I like I like how uh, I believe it was Danny from Butler earlier said about how they were live on location that WrestleMania uh, weekend in Atlantic City where you had you know Grill uh, Monsoon and Bobby Heenan on the boardwalk and then I also remember by him saying that it came up in my head weren't they at Bush Gardens also Grill uh, Monsoon and Bobby Heenan I specifically remember them being at uh, some kind of uh, uh, some kind of action park or water park, and is that where the Bushwhackers were discovered? Was their first promo on primetime wrestling? Do you know? You know what? As you're saying that, I can visualize it. I'd have to, you know, go to the YouTube to to double check, but I think you're absolutely right. Uh, the Bush Garden thing for sure happened, and that very well could be the first time we see the Bushwhackers uh, in the WWF. If, if, it, if it wasn't the first time, I, I, I specifically remember. Were they on like a uh, a water like a uh, water? Uh, What's it called? Um, the boat that's in the water, the uh, a boat ride, like a water boat ride or something like that. Oh, sure, one of those. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'd have to look it up, but I know, I know what you're saying. I, I remember, I, I remember them being at a, a, some, some kind of park like that. I don't know if it was on primetime wrestling, but like you said, I do remember Heenan and uh, Monsoon at Bush Gardens, and they did a couple different things like that as well. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, I think it's very underrated as far as the show goes. It's, it, again, it's right in the middle of the that, you know, that golden era of the WWF where everything was, you know, storyline and character-driven. And I really believe that Primetime Wrestling did a, a fantastic job in doing that. And like I said, uh, we started off in 1985. It was Jack Reynolds. I know this in the guy's Jack's name. It was Jack Reynolds. Him and Jesse Ventura were the first two hosts. And obviously it went over to Heenan and Monsoon. Uh, Piper was involved in it. Uh, Vince McMahon was on and off as a host from uh, in 88, and then he was back in 91 and 93. Sean Mooney, he was various guest appearances throughout the years on there. And then we mentioned earlier when they had the roundtable was Jim Duggan, Slick, Mr. Perfect, Jerry Lawler, Hibbley Jim, uh, Slaughter. And then I also remember, remember when uh, – I think it was the WBF time, um, World Bodybuilding Federation. I remember Vince McMahon being on there with, I think he had that shirt on. He was with the Legion of Doom. Uh, and, they, and the wrestlers made guest appearances on there as well. You know, I remember The Undertaker being on there, Andre the Giant, mm-hmm. Earthquake, obviously, we talked about earlier with the Earthquake Burgers. And, and various other, you know, guys were on set for a specific episode. So, yeah, man, it was a lot of fun. A lot, a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and as we were talking, uh, as you asked Joe from Atlanta, you know, a favorite memory or moment, and I agree with him, it is hard to pick. I think you overwhelmingly just go to the nostalgia factor, and you just remember enjoying it for the characters like Bobby Heenan, Gorilla Monsoon, Roddy Piper, things like that. But one of the moments from prime time, and it was from the later, I think it was 1990, uh, so it was the later edition, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Gorilla Monsoon, they're still a part of it. But do you remember the scene of Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior at the table signing the contract for WrestleMania Six, where they had the World Championship title on the table, they had the Intercontinental title on the table. At the end of the table, like the camera would shoot over the belts, and you'd see Hogan and Warrior kind of yelling at each other as they signed the contract. That took place uh, on an episode of Primetime Wrestling. Yes, man. I, yes. I thought that I thought. I mean, I, I, I'm sure they aired it on there, but it was, it was exclusively for primetime wrestling. It aired on there before it did on Superstars Wrestling Challenge. Oh, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe they just replayed it. But I remember watching primetime wrestling, and that's where I saw it. 
where Hogan and Warrior are sitting at the table and Jack Tunney slides in the contract and they sign it. Maybe it wasn't originally on there, but that's where I saw it. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I know the Rosati sisters were, were pretty much the uh, your go-to on primetime wrestling, more so than Keenan Monsoon. But Listen, man, when we were talking the other day about who should be in the <laughs> Hall of Fame that isn't, how did the Rosati sisters' names not get brought up in that conversation? <laughs> hey, uh, real quickly, too, I want to make a, a few uh, – a few uh, notes about 80s Wrestling Con. We just talked about it earlier. Uh, again, it's going to be on May the 6th in Morristown, New Jersey at the Menon Sports Arena. Uh, we've mentioned several names that are going to be there, including Brett the Hitman Hart, Magnum PA, Nikita Koloff, etc. The guest list is on 80sWrestlingCon.com. We've, we've added some other names over the last couple of weeks. So I need to get that over to Jay to get up on the on the website. Uh, but last night on my personal Facebook page, I broke the news that one of the special attractions for 80s Wrestling Con this year, Jay, I know you're really excited about this, is the kids of 80s Wrestling. The kids of 80s Wrestling at 80s Wrestling Con. There's going to be a special Q&A and also a meet and greet already confirmed to be a part of this is Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff's son, Travis, who was on the show. A month or two back, we also have Lacey Trailer, who is the big boss man's daughter. She's going to be uh, a part of the kids of 80s wrestling at 80s Wrestling Con, along with Nikolai Bokov's son, Andrew, who uh, is part of IHW as the winner, Andy Weinberg. And uh, we're working on more men, and also the British Bulldog's daughter. Uh, Georgia Smith is going to be there as well. So we're going to add one or two more others to that, but that's going to be a really, really cool attraction for 80s Wrestling Con. It is going to be the kids of 80s Wrestling. And also talking about a big attraction for 80s Wrestling Con, Randy Macho Man Savage will get the 80s Wrestling Lifetime Achievement Award, and he will be uh, getting it – received by his brother, Lanny Papo. So a lot of moving pieces and parts. The 80s Wrestling Con 4 on May the 6th, and, I, and I'm, I'm going all out right now saying, Jay, it's going to be the biggest 80s Wrestling Con yet. I was, as you're listing the things that you have already planned, in my mind I'm just going, this is going to be the biggest and best 80s Wrestling Con yet. And that's saying something, man, because the last one, Jesse even it was over the top, man. The last one, Jesse the Body Ventura, demolition. You got so many superstars there. The attractions you had, unbelievable. And to think that you're able to take it up another notch is just incredible, Tommy. And I, you're the type of guy that the wheel it's always spinning in your head. You're always thinking. You're always coming up with a new idea. And so it's kind of scary to think we're still this far out from it. What haven't you thought of yet that you're going to be adding as time goes on? It's already probably the top 80s wrestling con ever, but there's still time. So I don't know what you're going to come up with next, man. But every time you send me a text, I smile to myself because I'm like, what, what's coming down the pipeline next, man? I'm so looking forward to revisiting New Jersey. Oh, awesome, man. We, and we can't wait to have you. Like I said, we're going to do a live episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Unfortunately, I ain't going to be able to do it because I'll be running around 
like a chicken with its head cut off, but Jay will be leading the pack. I'll have him in the ring. The ring will be set up in the middle of uh, the arena. Anyone that came last year, you, you saw the setup, and we'll get you a couple guests on that show, Jumping Jay. And I'm sure some of the regulars that call into the show all the time, whether it be Toto with Tom or, you know, um, Danny from Butler, maybe we can get Babyface Brian to fly in. I told them uh, last month if you start saving his dollars now, uh, by the time May rolls around, we'll have enough to, to take care of that airplane ticket. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be special. It's going to be exciting. Uh, we're working on some more stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pumped for the kids of 80s wrestling at 80s Wrestling Con. Um, I, was, I was hoping to have one of them on today to make that announcement, but unfortunately it didn't. Uh, our schedule didn't match up, but I, I thought the primetime wrestling episode was a real cool one. Uh, anything on the plate you want to talk about for next week, Jumpin' Jay? It's going to be uh, the 22nd, so it'll be our Christmas, our Christmas episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast. It will be. It'll be the Christmas episode, so we got to come up something uh, Christmas-related, something fun, something out there. Uh, let's, let's take a day and think about it. Let's text back and forth some ideas. But yeah, we can come up with something, uh, very cool. And then something else, uh, that's extremely interested relating to eighties wrestling, the podcast. Uh, you might not even be, be aware of this man, but we are creeping towards episode 100. Today was episode 93. So we're just seven away from the century mark. And so we got to do something big for that day as well. Oh, I promise you we will. I promise you. And maybe next week's uh, podcast, maybe we can have a couple guests on. Since it's going to be our Christmas party or Christmas episode, I'm cool with going a little bit over an hour. Next week, if you want to go an hour and a half and get a couple guests on, have some fun, get our, our callers to call in, we'll have a little Christmas party on the air next Thursday. What do you say? That, would, that sounds like a plan, man. I would love that. A special 90-minute episode of 80s Wrestling the Podcast, our Christmas edition with special guests next week, 100%. <laughs> Does that mean our listeners were naughty or nice if they got to listen to us for an extra 30 minutes? There you go, brother. Well, listen, let's, 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 uh, <laughs> let's cut ties now so we can get this extra half hour crammed in this week so we uh, have a little extra time next week. Jump and Jay, hope you and your family have a great weekend. And uh, stay inside and stay warm. I know it's snowing over there. You get another nine inches. You're going to have to be uh, doing a lot of shoveling later, big man. Listen, so, man. Uh, my, get your rest yeah. of it now. My afternoon, my <laughs> afternoon is all set. Free... I, I got to get the shovels out already. It's it's coming down hard. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's going to be hitting here in a couple hours as well. So until next week, hope everyone has a great weekend. And next Thursday, once again, circle it on your calendar. The Christmas Party episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast.